welcome to Imperial Interlude. In this uh, rather partially uh, let's segmented episode, we are going to talk about uh, spoilers from Star Wars Legion and some weird videos from Star Wars past. Some of you may have enjoyed, some not. With me as always is Ralph. Hello, Ralph. Hi, Tim. How are we doing? So, um, there's a certain French uh, distributor who fucked up again Legion. <laughs> to put it bluntly. That's one way. Is that the le- is that the lion rampant? Yes. Yes, I, I saw the translation of, of, of well, I saw a, a Reddit post where somebody posted up what you had sent me. The which was also from the, from the shop. Yeah. Which was then also posted up on Facebook on the Legion boards, all of them. <laughs> yeah, basically it's out there. And it was a uh, listing of eight units in total for for the droid armies and four for the uh, Galactic Republic, mm-hmm. which were the IG-100 Magna Guard, the TSD-1 yeah. Dwarf Spider Droid, the NR-N99 Persuader Class Tank Droid Super Tactical Droid Commander, Wookiee Warriors Grand Master Yoda Commander, Infantry Support Unit of Unnamed and a Radau Gnasp Fluttercraft. <laughs> Never say that ten times faster. <laughs> Ruddock Gnast yeah. Fluttercraft. Now, did you notice the um apart from the Magna Droid, the the basically which is Grievous's bodyguard, which would be I think a nice mm-hmm. droid, nice figure to see on the tabletop. Did you notice the theme? Yeah, it's basically episode three, the battle for Kashyyyk. Yeah, it's all because the battle. Nowhere stuff. else is this damn Fluttercraft ever mentioned or shown. <laughs> Yep. Everything else has its place somewhere along the prequels, but that thing only appears once. Now, is this for bull? Here's one. Here's a one for you, which someone posted up on Facebook, which I thought was a really interesting idea. If they've done this, does this forebode that they're bringing, say, a themed? So these these are over. I think it's July to September, isn't it, roughly? Yeah, so the it's, it's uh, like... droid parts were sent for 17th of September and the Wookiee and Yoda things were 23rd of July. Yeah. So it's so it's like a two-month period. Yeah. Almost within the release schedule of Legion. Does yeah, this or, mean that... Or put it in Fantasy Flight game terms uh, Q3. <laughs> yeah, Q3 of 2023 possibly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we know what they're like. Um, does this then board that they're this seems this is possibly the last release, I think, of by Fantasy Flight per se. Or these were done under the Fantasy Flight banner, shall we for idea, because we all know what they said in the the the, the Atomic Mass stream. game calling about the eighteen month. Yeah, month I'm, I'm guessing time. those should be the, the last or second to last uh, wave of miniatures uh, yeah. flying the FFG banner. Yeah. But I'm wondering whether this is gonna be a trend where they pick a, a battle or a you know or something of that ilk you know that's that's that story contained and they'll go right we are going to produce a collection of minis based around that part of the story so you know we've got the battle of kashik maybe we get some from clone wars as a 
as a as an example as well we get some additional clone troopers we get some additional battle droids we get an assage ventress and that could be the battle of camino well i, I think you know it, so where they put them together the, the easiest way to uh, balance out anything for the fans because since the very beginning of legion ffg had tried to make a balanced release schedule and if they are making it a bit easier for themselves i think picking a battle and just whacking out units that were depicted in those battles would be the easiest way i i can't really remember any major star wars battle being shown on the silver screen that has some um big advantages or disadvantages for any fighting force even the battle of hoth was more or less a balance battle true the interesting one might be is if they do decide to pick battles imagine if they pick the battle of camino and they drop the gn sorry the battle of geonosis and they drop the geonosians in as part of the cis that would be very interesting and would allow them to get some major vehicles for the uh, galactic republic because mm -hmm. the dwarf spider droid and the Oh god, whoever thinks of those names, the NRN99 Persuader droid tank were also seen on that yeah. ground. Mm -hmm. But then that opens up the thing of them going, oh, well, we've got the, the LAT that's coming out this year. Maybe we do the clone version of the, the LAT, which would be just basically adding a cockpit and some wings and some gun turrets, really. Yeah. A little but... bit more, I mean, yes, a little bit more plastic, but, you know from a point of view of the size it's not as big or yeah, it's, and it's not, also more or less of a just a hollow shell and not a transport as mm -hmm. the the other one is with a very sturdy size but it's just yeah it's it's a cockpit with an attached engine and in between there's some uh compartment for transportation of some description but not armored not very thickly guarded or anything yeah I mean, the other one as well is that then that opens up, if they decide to do that, then say, for example, if they did pick the Battle of Hoth, as an example, you could see an AT-AT dropping onto the, you know, on the table. Now, that would be something I think people would go uh, crazy over. Yeah, but, but I think the most, the price, but... most units for the Battle of Hoth are already released. We've got Snowtroopers, we've got the uh, the E-Web Blaster, we've got mm -hmm. the Rebel... Yeah. Radar dish gun, which name ex escapes me. We've got the snow speeder, so there isn't much left to release except for the eighty eighty. Yeah, but Maybe that then to a generator uh, terrain piece. Yeah, it would have to be a big terrain, <laughs> big terrain piece of the large piece of hollow plastic. <laughs> Easy to but, make, expensive to to acquire. Yeah, I mean, you know, it depends on on you know what the what atomic mass decide to do and i think you know we've both said this i think you know that it looks like i think and i don't know whether you agree or not but we've sort of mentioned it as i do think that it's actually in good hands that legion isn't you know seems to be in i i, I feel it's the the possibilities are uh, much broader when uh curated by a team that is devoted to miniature gaming and yeah. isn't a sub uh, part of a larger company doing multiple things at once yeah and i think with you know with atomic mass having the marvel license they used to threading the needle when it comes to 
IP, especially big IPs, you know, handling, because we know what companies are like with their IPs. You know, I mean, I'm assuming Gale Force Nine with the Aliens IP that they've got are doing the same sort of things. You know, with threading that needle quite effectively more than say what Protoss did with AVP and stuff. So you know, it's it's the I think it you know it's the communication, it's all of that. They seem yeah, to be getting if, that. So if they are, uh, they're now specialized on this one IP, and I think it it'll help that mm -hmm. they will have a one person talking to one other company and making yeah. things go the way they should, and possibly having shorter communication ways simply to get mm -hmm. things on the road. Yeah. Uh, what what was interesting as well this week, sort of leading on from that discussion, the the the, the leak from Legion was the announcement that uh, by a couple of the distributors in the US that the specialists, which I have sitting here, and the droid specialists that came out mm -hmm. have been delayed in the US for release. Yeah, because bad weather. <laughs> Where well, we've had them sitting here, which uh, sounds a bit weird in yeah, the current aid. But then again, but you know, I, I mean, I built a set of those specialists this past week, and they're really, really easy, really nice to put together. Um, that and the Anakin as well. I found the Anakin a little bit finicky with trying to get the arms and the leg positioning, but because you know, with the two body types, uh, sorry, the two leg types and stuff coming. But other than that, no hassles, no problems. Really nice, really nice. Actually, the hard plastics now, especially on those sprues that yeah. they come with. So, you know, with, with the current leakage of uh, upcoming releases again, um, there was the discussion uh, in a WhatsApp group I'm part of where uh, somebody mentioned, yeah, these problems won't go away simply because now Atomic Mass Games does the game because Asmodee is still doing the, uh, uh, distribution. the distribution. And I couldn't agree more if you look at other companies like for example let's take games workshop even though they are uh yeah special <laughs> let's put it that way they have everything under control when studio does something and something leaks they usually know who's responsible yeah and the one gets a firm slap to the wrist and things that go out to uh partners or retail is usually kept under wraps very hardly i i even remember now to if when i come to think of it that my, my former friendly local game store once told me when lego announced new star wars sets mm -hmm. they wouldn't even put out pictures or anything no. you would simply get the lego five digit number mm -hmm. saying new star wars item suggested retail price yeah and that's it you wouldn't get anything else because people were leaking those infos everywhere and i think we, we are starting we are going to see something like that from asmodee coming simply because people can't be trusted with anything more than a uh than an article number to put into their shopping mm -hmm. catalog obviously yeah yeah well you know when you when you get a website that a distributor leaking information that that damages the distributor really doesn't it you know with that you know, posting it up on their distribution website and yeah, however yeah. anybody got it, it damages the distributor more than anything. That puts the distributor at a disadvantage because they and could turn around and say, we're not using you anymore. 
not not even that it's it's also damaging the the game in itself because yeah. people start hyping of because of things that aren't available anytime soon are yeah. not announced and you don't know nothing about it and people True. start speculating to hell and back again on what these things may or may not be able to do yeah which is very true ludicrous and, yeah. and people yeah. start setting up the hype train and then if, if the hype train derails totally going oh no why isn't it this the way yeah well it's the way of the world at the moment isn't it yeah and i think i've got the feeling it gets worse by the day <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I i sort of i agree I, with that one that it does seem I, to be I, getting i know how it is to get all hyped for things i've been guilty of that too but Every time you put yourself on this hype train, you must be aware of this thing could be a train wreck. This could lead to total disaster. Yeah, there's that. There's a derailment coming. Be careful, you know. Yeah, the, the thing ahead could either be the end of the tunnel or the light of an upcoming train. Either one <laughs> is fine by me. <laughs> so very true, you know. But yes. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see after um, the lat turns up what, whether this leak is actually correct in you know in what is coming out or you know or are they you know going to rejiggle the schedule or whatever you know to to mess with the leak. With you know we don't know. I'm guessing with the two new uh, Star Wars streams Atomic Mass Games is doing. I'm guessing next week they might address it. They might admit, you know, they might just not. I know that, um, was it this week's or last week's? It was last week's painting one that did. They painted Lando, which looks really Yeah, and they painted Lando on Wednesday and Colors on Friday. Yeah. The Lando paint job was nice. Was, he did a really, I like that, how he was doing it, actually. It was, it was really interesting to see, you know, the, the, that technically he was using washers. Yeah, and the colors was nice too, but it was very quiet because he muted himself. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody had to actively go over and knock on his door and say, you put your mic on mute. <laughs> anyway, that could be, that's probably enough of, of gaming. Yeah, for, for everyone who, who fell asleep, you can wake up now. We're, we're yeah. done with Tiny Fighty Man. Uh, exactly. Next topic of the day is... Movies and TV series that are bearing the mark of Star Wars, but have been for some reason or another been forgotten. And no, we're not talking about the Christmas special. That beast can rot somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that 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 is for you. Those of you that wish to watch watch the Star Wars holiday special, YouTube. That's all I'm going to say. But you know. Please keep, don't. Keep a, keep a bucket close to yourself yeah, or it's... indulge yourself in alcohol whilst watching that. Uh, yeah, there is that. Or oh, I mean, one one interesting thing about the holiday special is it's the first appearance of Boba Fett. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like the... the uh, 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 we've not even started talking and we're already derailing, but nonetheless... <laughs> Do you have you ever seen the Muppet Show episode where Mark Hamill was guest? Yes. Mm -hmm. I this thing was so brilliant. 
Oh, her. yes, Ma, I, I saw the... Do you want to get out your cousin? You... No, why should I go and get him? He He's already here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I had Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker turn up in pigs in space. Yes. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> the things they did to... The things they did to... For media press to advertise their product yeah, back I, in the day. You, you need to, to always remind yourself that was the day where the internet hasn't been around at yeah. all. You either did a TV appearance on any show whatsoever or you did an advertisement in some papers. And I think or, or you had a making of. Yeah. And going to, to the Muppet Show, a show which was more or less aimed at everybody because let's face it there was some very adult humor in that show oh yeah um, that, that was a, a stroke of genius it was it was i mean there was the the, the the you know you had mark hamill turn up and i think chewbacca was in the episode and r2d2 and c3 and as well if yeah. i remember correctly yeah um but i know for i know that it was and this is another derailment but i know that the Muppet Show is turning up on Disney Plus, and I'm not talking about the new version or anything. The no, the old episodes are the old episodes are... coming back, and I'm so looking forward to those because they have been off German television for years now, and I love them to bits. And there are so many episodes in there with special guests that have mm -hmm. already died. Yeah. I mean, come to think of, they had Ozzy Osbourne on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And Ozzy was Alice old, Cooper, you know. if I remember correctly. Alice Cooper did it. You know, you had famous actors at the time, like Peter O'Toole, I think, turned up. And, you know, it, it was the it was the non-talk show, talk show, if you know what I mean, for yeah. the time period, you know, where people would turn up, you know. so. And, and then there were episodes where they had musicians like Dave Grohl or... Uh, what's his face um, from uh, Genesis, the drummer, Peter Gabriel. Phil Collins. Yeah, and, and they they do drum solo mashups with Animal, which is hilarious. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so that's that's one that we sort of got derailed on a little bit, but that that's oh, either, yes. yeah, it's um. So to start off with, shall we cover the original animated series that they did? Yeah, so there's a animated series called Droids. Yes, Droids. How would you put this? It, it wasn't bad, considering what else was on TV at the same time. The uh, the painting wasn't too good of a job, and it wasn't a how what, what how do you put it uh the the perspectives on figures shifted at times it was very much an animation of the period you know yeah. it was it was very much now it was released on the abc network which is what disney owns now because abc i think it's ABC. yeah it doesn't own the abc now well it's it, abc's under the disney brand yeah I'm Probably trying to, to remember any animated show that had a similar art style, but I can't think of any. The only other the, one would be the, the counterpoint to that, which would have been the, the Ewoks, which we'll get onto in a moment. Yeah, but, but, but even those had a bit more of a consistent uh, animation 
work done because the at the time when droid was around we had uh he-man and transformers which were yeah. all more or less uh, well very neatly uh painted he he-man was very unique in in the way that it was done because it was done with the same animation style as the star trek animated series that was around the tarzan animated series and the Flash Gordon animated series were all done by this sort of the same animation studio that did that did that He Man, you know, mm-hmm. where you know you you would see him running and he would always run in the same direction. Yeah, they they had a very fixed set of animation yeah. pre-builds, and those were put on different backgrounds. Yeah. And if you had seen more than five episodes, you almost are sure to have seen one or two frames being exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing with, with the droids and the same with Ewoks is they didn't last very long. The droids was only 13 episodes. It only ran for a season. Yeah. Um, I think we got, I got to see it in the UK the same time as the Ewoks we got to see in the UK. But what's interesting is, and this is the same to a lot of the animated series at the time, especially the the, the main one I'm thinking of is the Star Trek animated series that came out was Tony Daniels voiced C-3PO in the droid series. Yeah. Where they got the actor to voice, you know, the character that they had portrayed on screen. The the same with... um, like the like I said, the Star Trek. All of the, I think a vast majority of the Star Trek cast came in to voice their characters in the animated Star Trek as well. Mm. So you know, the, for the time, that was pretty much sort of unheard of in some respects. You know, compared to now, where you know we we've got to go in the other way, where you have an anime, where you have an actress who portrayed an animated character going on to play the same character in live action. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, uh, I'm totally not sure what animated character you could possibly yeah be. there's there's yeah I'm, I'm really not sure which one i mean either um so you know it's, it was it was you know it was very strange that you had the lead actor do that but also what's the other the other interesting thing is one of the one of the recurring characters in droids was boba fett yeah which, he's which back is again you know it's like very weird but i think that's mostly down to the fact that, if I remember correctly, most of that uh, episodes were on Tatooine for, for some reason. Yeah, it was it was around that that sort of sort of planet thing. Yeah. Now, I mean, this is this is as well as Droids and Ewoks both came out in '85, which was two years after. Return of the Jedi sort of hit the cinemas, so I've got a suspicion these were created here to create a little bit of a Star Wars buzz with 20th Century Fox doing it. But I know for a fact that when, especially when droids hit, and uh, the same with Ewoks, is there was some repackaging done on the toys. Yeah, very to, much so. To to sell those, to to get you know people to buy their their this. The, the toys and stuff. Yeah, what, I, what's I, can, I can tell you from personal experience that '85 was around when I was ten. Uh, one of the larger uh, shopping malls here had a very big toy section, and within this rather big section, they had a 
real big Star Wars section and there was a TV running all day long showing snippets of the the movies which I hadn't seen until then. I only knew from the, from from telling I wasn't I, I was very late to the party uh, regarding <laughs> that and uh, I remember getting home from school driving into the center of the city just to stand there for an hour and rewatch the same three short snippets <laughs> and advertisements again and again and again and i think i know the uh, the section where the millennium falcon drops into the asteroid i, I can do that by heart <laughs> <laughs> now what's interesting whereas i was a little bit incorrect earlier is the fact is ewoks ran for two seasons no it ran for 26 episodes where droids only ran for 13 plus a special um but they were both sort of set around not so much the same sort of period where according to some of the information here um it's the series is retros retrospectively placed four years after Revenge of the Sith. That's for the droids one. <laughs> really? <laughs> is this before Disney went? It's not canon. <laughs> and um, and the Ewoks is set after further explores the adventures of the Ewoks after Ewok Adventure and of course its sequel Battle for Endor. Yay! Yeah, so, um, and I think the reason why Evox was a bit more successful is potentially it was more aimed at kids. Yeah. Sim simply because they are cute little teddy bears and there's not much violence going on. Mm -hmm. Yes. Cute teddy bears. Kelly Ewok, sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> Bad. Now, shall we get on to the, the speaking of Ewoks, shall we get on to those two wonderful TV movies that came out that you I acquired? I actually love them to bits. Possibly because my rose-tinted glasses of yesteryear show me the second movie being the very first movie I watched in theaters on my own, and it was part of the Star Wars universe, and I loved every second of it. <laughs> Uh, that's that's of course uh, the battle for Endor or um, yeah Ewoks yes, battle for Endor. Battle for Endor. Yes, Caravan yes. of Courage is is the first the one. The first one. Um, yeah. We just recently rewatched it because my wife gifted the DVD to me for Christmas, and yes, they are TV movies. The production quality is low to at points <laughs> to say the least. Especially when special effects like these uh, big monsters, I forgot the names again. Um, uh, not sure which one it is. The, the, the riding monsters that made it all the way to the... Oh, the Blurg. The Blurg, yes. The Blurg that turned up in the Mando, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they were very poorly made stop-action movie special yeah. effects. But everything else wasn't that bad. The costumes were original from the movies, so the Ewoks looked authentic not cheap and everything else was down to it's a kids movies and mm. the main actors are kids yeah you don't expect much from kids especially not in the early 80s no um i mean the the first one was 84 and it sort of hit hit it and it says um original release date was december was november 84 was when caravan of courage sort of popped 
popped up. Um, you know, so it's a year after Return of the Jedi. So I'm assuming they're still trying to get, you know, keep a hold of the, the Star Wars, you know, the franchise fandom. is still yeah. running. Toys yeah. are still selling like shit. Yeah. And it's a Christmas movie, basically. Because it is, yeah. On that release date, yeah. Kids get reminded, oh, they're Star Wars. These toys, we want them. Please buy them. Yeah. And Warwick was, you know, was still in the Ewok, you know, costume. So yeah. Warwick was still playing wicket so you know you know he seems to be the talisman for star wars doesn't he you know he's he seems to have been in everything i don't think he well was he in the mando i don't think we've seen him in the mando yet but you know he's been in everything else i think we have was he in the Mando? pretty sure i can't i i might misremember this but i'm pretty sure i've uh, seen a list of roles he had reprised and there was one short appearance on the Mandalorian. Uh, let me just check. Well, we know he was in the the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And he was a voice in Rebels, as well. He pl- he voiced Rook in Star Wars Rebels. Now, for people who don't know who Rook is, Rook is the Nogri from Heir to the Empire novels, where. Um, he's Grand Admiral Thrawn's bodyguard. Hmm. Um, I've got nothing down. No, nothing yet. But on his development, of course, is he's going to be playing Willow of Good again for the Disney Plus Willow TV series that's in development, which will be an interesting. Yeah. In in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um. So, so we're yeah, giving I'm, what uh, Netflix done to the uh, uh, Dark Crystal. To, yeah, it could also go bad. Though I I, I like the the Crystal Dark Crystal series. Mm. Um, now I I think I was wrong, or he's not credited for Mandalorian. He might not have been credited if he was in it, but um. It'll be it'll be interesting to see, but you know, I mean, Will Wicked did play. So Warwick did play Wicket in those two movies, which was, you know, a nice. I'm guess it was it was a way of keeping in work, shall we say, you know. But um, you know, it. The, he he has been on Solo as well. Yeah, he was in Solo. Um, you know, he was he was one of the aliens inside of Rogue One as well. Yeah. Maybe that's so, that's the point where I got confused when I saw him as. Uh, in Rogue One, that I somehow got that wrong, and then you look at you know you look at um, Battle for Endor, and you know Wilfred Brimley is in you know is in is in Battle for Endor. You know, the, for people who don't know, Wilfred Brimley is a very famous American actor. He was the head of security in the firm, the Tom Cruise movie. He's done all sorts of different you know of films and television during his career. You know he. You know, um, you know, he turns up in as this grandfather-style character figure in in Battle for Endor. So you know, it's it's you look at it and you go, for the time period, you know, mid '80s, it was a way of 20th Century Fox a cashing in on the Star Wars franchise, of course, yeah. but keeping that franchise alive, you know, in 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 a way. Before you know, this this is. Four years before Heir to the Empire, I think. 
before Timothy's on, you know? Could be. I, I don't know my book release dates, to be honest. Uh, to the Empire, Timothy Zahn was 1991, so it's six years before. So Battle for Endor came out in 85, so it's roughly six years before um, before we had the hardcover for the, the first sort of new Star Wars thing that popped up, um, you yeah, know, which was, which was Air to the Empire. And in the meantime, the merchandise machine churned out a lot of video games. Yeah, there was a lot of video games at that period of time. You know, we, you know, we had, you know, X-wing, X-wing versus Tie Fighter, X-wing, Tie Fighter, X-wing versus Tie Fighter. And all of those were Shadows of the Empire, Rogue Squadron, yeah. Rebellion, Dark Forces. <laughs> yeah, the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. And from sort of the obscure or forgotten you know, uh, Star Wars stuff as well. You know, this is these two movies and the animated series that sort of accompanied them. Because you could probably see a droids and Ewoks accompanied, accompanied them in, you know, in, yeah. in, in, in where, you know, we didn't really get anything else until Clone Wars. Yeah, and, and the, the, the two Ewok movies especially must have had some impact on fan base mm-hmm. because they started as a tv movie and they made it to cinemas at least yeah. in germany i know for a fact so i'm guessing there was enough movement behind it that people actually wanted to see them on the big screen i think so i think i saw did i see one of them i'm trying to remember did i go and see one of them at the pictures i might have you know it's that long ago god you know Again, these are TV movies from the mid 80s, Mm -hmm. which are based on a very highly acclaimed IP at the time. And I think they did okay. They are not nothing to to write books about, but it's a a nice little kid story. It's a decent Mm -hmm. film. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you know, if if you think about we think about Disney, you know, and this this money making machine. You know, if they did want to do something with them, they could easily repackage them, put them through their, you know, the through the visual effects update and you know, and re-release them, and there wouldn't be any issue, especially if they put them on Disney Plus. But like those those two movies, especially like the Ewoks animated series and the Droids one, is they are part of Legends. But will not see the light of day through Disney. Yeah, and maybe um, to, to give people who have not seen the movies a uh, point of reference, if you have seen the movie Willow, mm-hmm. these two movies have basically the same production quality. Yeah, and you know, and you know, we're talking about obscure. Well, not so much obscure, but things that won't see the light of day is. When I mentioned Clone Wars earlier, as I don't mean the new the Clone Wars that we got to see. Not, not the animated series, but the animated one-shot movie, which was terribly painted. At least it, uh, the that's the one by the guy that did Samurai Jack, so it's his style. Yeah, of, it, it looked um, horrible. It, it it's not the it's not the CG'd. All singing, all dancing, Dave Filoni uh, produced 
or created um, Star Wars that we see now. You know, it's it's not like what's coming this year, which is Bad Batch, and it's not like Rebels or Clone Wars or even Resistance. Uh, you know, this was they got. I can't. I am going to butcher his surname, so I'm not going to even attempt it. But the creator of Samurai Jack, they hired, and it was around the time of, um, of the of Phantom Menace, I think. Um, and they basically hired him to create a collection of shorts. Actually, it wasn't. It was 2003. So it was around the time of um, Revenge of the Sith. Gendi Tarkovsky. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you do that. Now, what's interesting is these were only five-minute sort of shorts. You know, they weren't very long at all. Um, and I know they bundled them together. The, the first seasons one and two, because it actually was three seasons worth that he produced for, for Lucasfilm. And it were done under Lucasfilm and under the Cartoon Network, but they were distributed by Warner Brothers Television, so that's why they sat on the Cartoon Network. Um, the first season was between three and five minutes an episode. The third season was between 12 and 15 minutes an episode, which is interesting that they actually extended the, um, you know, the the sort of the, the, the period across. What's the other interesting thing is I'm just looking at a quick cast list here. James Arnold Taylor is cast, was cast as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Now, for people who know their Clone Wars um, series and even the episode of Rebels he appeared in, James Arnold Taylor was the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the, in the official CG Dave Filoni Clone Wars. So they had him come back to voice the same character that he'd already voiced. Well, the 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 voice acting was never the problem, I think, with, no, with the these style. But these three episodes, <laughs> they 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 all almost remind me of these weird animation series there they were be running on MTV in the middle of the night. The oh, Max yeah, and yeah, like Eon Flux. And yeah. Things. Yes, yes, yes. I know which ones you mean. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, that was his style. He he basically took his Samurai Jack style and transposed it over to creating Star Wars. And these three seasons of the Star Wars were supposed to act as a prequel to Revenge of the Sith. You know, it was basically filling in the gap of, yeah. of what was what was going on within, you know, before Revenge of the Sith. But we then got that in a better form when Dave Filoni and George decided we're going to do a CG version, a half hour show, you know? Yeah, and, and, and then the, these were moved across under the Legends banner when Disney sort of acquired them in you know acquire them and, and funnily enough the even though these cg isn't really up to snuff by today's standards it somehow held up as mm. in because they did a distinctive art style i i think as well with the with you know with clone wars and with the cg the cg version of clone wars as well as i think the what the reason they they held up, even though the CG did does get better, you know, from season one to season seven, you can see a mark improvement in the in the quality of the animation. Yeah, try watching the first episode of season one and the last of yeah the ever made, you'll just 
jaw dropping. <laughs> or even watch the clone the the Clone Wars movie that they did, which is a which was like the pilot that they did before Episode One, that was released where they where they introduced Ahsoka, um, you know, to to Episode Twelve of Season Seven. You know, there is a mark improved, and then watch the trailer for Bad Batch. And you can see there's an even leap then of a bit between you know what they did in episode which what they did in episode twelve season seven to what they're bringing with the new animated series. You know there is a there is a masked improvement in the quality of the CG. But I think what also the reason that Clone Wars holds up more is the structure and the story. You know yeah. it's all well and good them producing at the time when these when this two thousand three one came out. You know doing shorts, doing you know five, three to five minute quick he has a quick battle he has some information yeah about previous. It, it basically was battle snapshots of people yeah handing their asses to each other and the uh, actual animated clone Wars series had something more on point to a series even with overarching story arcs going from one episode to another and having plot lines and yeah character development Mm-hmm. Where this just didn't, you know, you you were, I think you were assu- assumed to have that. This is Anakin. There's there's Anakin. There's Mace Windu. He has he has all the Jedi that you saw, pretty much, within Episode Two. You know, because yeah. Mace was in an episode. Kaya Mundi, Kifisto. Now the the problem with that as well is a lot of the a lot of the Jedi weren't named. Pr- they were they weren't named in the season in this in the films they were named in additional reading you know mm. things like that you know i think kaya mundi might have been mentioned because he was a, he was on the jedi council but kip fisto no i no. don't think he was mentioned in the movie ever no uh you know and 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 some of those and weren't really named you know i mean yes we had we knew who Dooku was, but we'd never met uh, Shakti, even though we'd seen her. We knew who she was by seeing her, yeah, but we'd never actually heard to her name without reading it through, you know, through like the additional reading that was around at the time. You know, compared to what they did with clone with the the cg clone wars where you were introduced to the characters you know you had a little bit of that backstory and stuff yeah, like that they yeah. had a literal introduction like oh master so and so yeah yeah you know i mean you know uh kip is it kip fisto no it's plo koon plo koon has a you know isn't even mentioned in in that 2003 clone wars but in the cg one I can, you know, we know for a fact Plo Koon knew Ahsoka, so there's that relationship where they introduce him through that. But then also he was in charge of a clone force, you know, and we got, and by association from him, we got to know the clones, which I think is another benefit of the CG one, where, you know, it's all went good watching the end of of Attack of the Clones and the beginning of Revenge of the Sith and, and all the way through with Revenge of the with the clones and the clones are seen as mindless, you know. Killing machines. Killing machines, yeah, bred for war. Where if you watch the Clone Wars animated series, it fills in a lot of the the gap between, you know, between two and three on who the clones are. There are story-centric around yeah, the clones, you know, about them becoming unique or wanting to be unique, taking in, names. Interjecting into that thing, um, 
you probably remember the original Star Wars Battlefront games, mm-hmm. where the uh, I think it was the story of the Firewall first. Yes, and there were Jedi's named, and there were stories and background making taking this concept of this uh, mindless, heartless, killing clone to a, yeah, those are clones but they're still human in some form, even though yeah. their minds are programmed. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so you know, we, we, we got more of a story where you know, where, you know, this this show that you, you will you'll be very lucky to find this Clone Wars series on anything. It was released, I remember seeing it released um, but it has been pulled. Um, they were distributed on Warner Home Video. Uh, that's where they were distributed through, and there was two seasons. But trying to get a hold of them is like um, they were pulled in like 2007. Yeah. I think it was they were they were, they were quickly off sort of yanked <laughs> off the shelves once once Disney got once Disney got control of all the Star Wars franchise and basically sidelined a lot of this stuff into Legends. Um, because they had a plan. <laughs> Take a cunning with, plan, you know. a, 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 a kind of plan, you know, or a cunning plan. Not as cunning as a fox with a plan, with a reference and a degree from the University of Cunning, but still a cunning plan. Yeah. Um, you know, they they had some sort of plan on what they want to do. That's why a lot of the stuff that we liked, you know, things like Air to the Empire and stuff, were sidelined into legends, but. It allowed Disney to have that clean slate they wanted. But yeah. then, when you get somebody like Dave Filoni or John Favreau coming along going, well, we're going to create a, a live-action show. Ooh, let's have a look at what toys we're allowed to use. And they dive into the... Yeah, and they the go full time on it. <laughs> yeah, they dive into the Legends toy box and go, ooh, look, Grand Admiral Throne. We'll just bring him into the animated series, and oh, we'll just drop that little hint in the live-action one that he might actually turn up, you know, so... You know, do you we know, may see them. Yeah, possible. Uh, do you know or are you aware of what's the status of Shadows of the Empire? Is that also put aside or is that still canon? It's. I think if I know correctly, when you search for Shadows of the Empire, even though it does exist, you know, it's there. When you look for the, the novelization of it, it says across the top, Shadows of the Empire. I am assured it's part of Legends now. Because it was moved into the 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 Legends element when Disney took over in Legacy of it. Let's have a look. I'm just trying to see if it was. In 2012, uh, yeah, it were rebranded Legends and all non declared non canon in April of 2014. Oh, that's too bad. However, the Feline, the Black Sun, were made canon in 2013 with episodes of the Clone Wars. So the, 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 the Black Sun Crime Syndicate. And the the Feline race, not Prince Shizor himself. It is Shizor, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Um, weren't. But what's interesting is Rendar, which Dash Rendar, the character, appeared in the movie tie-in novel for Solo. Yeah, that, that, that's why I'm really 
I hope they put that thing back because I remember we were starting this episode on on movies that are not mm -hmm. well known or received as a part yeah. of the Star Wars universe. And for everybody who does not know, Shadows of the Empire had everything Star Wars movies had, but a movie. It had yeah. books, toys, a video game, a freaking good one at that. And soundtrack. Soundtrack, which was amazing. And so much other stuff, comic stuff, toys, trading cards. Yeah. It, all, all what that was lacking was a proper Star Wars film. The idea behind it is the similar to what they've done with this new High Republic, where it it was a all-out media blitz per se on. Yeah. You know, this, but but this... given given the time frame that was oh, ninety six, yeah. that was in the early days yeah. of the internet and the uh, uh, Rogue Squadron just hit full steam on the N sixty four and blew people away, and suddenly you've got Shadows of the Empire and you're a uh, let's call it Han Solo esque character with your own Millennium Falcon going yeah. through everything. It was just amazing. I don't think they could pull off this kind of stunt again to that magnitude without investing much 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 more like they are doing currently with yeah this, i mean uh, the high republic yeah high republic i mean the stuff. high republic seems to be having a lot of you know there's there seems to be a lot being put into the high republic you know from a point of view of young young readers novels you know all standard you know just novels and comic books there's nothing else yeah they're doing a, a little bit of a talk show for it but the other thing which is interesting about shadows of the empire because of the timing of it it was tied to have this multimedia campaign behind it you know of different elements yeah. because it was to re-envision re reinvigorate interest in star wars not that star wars interested disappeared per se ahead of the special editions being released yeah. the following year the thing is, the the media hype this created with all everything around it actually made people realize we need another Star Wars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's you look at it, and you know, at the time I was a little bit, uh, but you know, you look at it now and you go, yeah. I mean, it was it was telling the story of. The same way that clone, the animated Clone Wars did, which is the story between episodes two and three. So the end where Luke and Leia are standing on the medical frigate watching the Falcon go and search for Solo to, you know, Luke turning up. Well, yeah, Luke turning up at the beginning of, no, the droids turning up at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Um, you know, and it was, you know, spanning sort of that, but in, in the way of episodes you know, in the in those episodes. So, you know, you, you sort of had twin storylines going at one point as well within it. Because yeah. you did have them hunting for Solo, but then you also had Vader hunting for Luke. But then you also had the elements of the intrigue with the Black Sun and Prince Caesar trying to oust Vader as the Emperor's number two. Yeah, and uh, the the soundtrack was one of the few soundtracks that were not made by uh, John, oh, Williams. John Williams, mm -hmm. but by Joel McNeely. And mm -hmm. 
he really took it and ran with it and he did some really nice tombs that can hold a candle to John Williams. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, that there's a lot of talk and rightfully so about the the music of Star Wars being something special, you know, with John Williams behind it. And you can understand, you know, John Williams has been in creating film music for, you know, probably 50 years. If you think about it, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, Close Encounter, Star Wars, Jaws. I think he was involved with THX 1138. You know, he's had this relationship with Spielberg and Lucas, you know, among and, other filmmakers. And you, if, you, his entire if career. you watched any of the movies his, where his music played a role, you, you, it's simply impossible to imagine these movies without his music yeah. or a different kind of music. Yeah. But when you, you know, and then you have these other composers come along. And do it, and do it in just just as good a fashion. You know, you've got Joel McNeely with the Shadows of the Empire soundtrack. You've got uh, uh, Ludwig doing the Mandalorian soundtrack, which, you know, the music on that. Though, to be fair, the Mandalorian is a soundtrack in its own. It's great, yeah. but you wouldn't associate it with Star Wars if you wouldn't know it. Uh, that belongs to that TV series with the uh, soundtrack for Shadows of the Empire, I'd reckon if you play that to somebody, they would say, that sounds like Star Wars somehow. Yeah. I'm, 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 the thing is, what's interesting, you know, about the Mandalorian soundtrack is the fact is the way that he's able to weave, especially in the second season, the elements that we recognize. So the the episode, The Jedi, the very last thing of it is, you know, he's playing the Mandalorian, sort of this typical Mandalorian music, and then it weaves into a Sokas theme, and it just, you know, it blends in or that, you know, or when a Sokas speaking with Mando and Grogu's there, and you and it weaves a little bit of Yoda's theme in there, you know, it just, just tiny bits, and you can just hear it, and it sort of, you know, it it brings that emotion in, you know, and but. Shadows of the Empire, you know, you could probably, you know, you listen to it and you go, yeah, that's there. There is, there is, there is elements in there that are innately Star Wars in its, you know, in its composure and its com- the way the composer has done it, you know. Yeah, the, the, the genetics are yeah. un, 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 unmissable, basically. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I've got the book, I listened to the audio book, I've got a I got an art book for it. You know, they they did all sorts, they did absolutely all sorts with it. You know, and for them to do anything like this again, it they would have to pick something really special to do it with. And no offense to Lucas Disney and Lucasfilm about what they're doing is I don't think the High Republic's it. No, it's really not. <laughs> You know, I mean, if you're going to just say that because it's absolutely not anything I actively follow, and no, it's it's not it's not making waves. Put it that way. When then, when no, Shadows of the Empire was announced with all the fanfare that it got, even if you didn't care for it, especially if if you were into anything that was adjacent to it, like for example, video games, you would get notice of this mm-hmm. game which was awesome to play yeah it's it's that you know there's 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 not like i said there's nothing noticeable 
on the horizon for Saul was where they could duplicate this. You know, the High Republic's not it. You know, no offense to anybody that lo- likes the High Republic. It's you know, it's a piece of Star Wars history that they're trying to build on. You know, all well and good to them. You know, I think if you were going to do anything like this again, the obvious one would be to pick to get that note that to get that notoriety and stuff. You know, to get the the buzzwords yeah. and linking it in with video games and stuff is you go right the way back. Now there is a rumor popping up that they're looking to re because mass effects getting re-released this year they're doing a you know like an anniversary what's called a yeah. uh, legendary box i think it is or something which is like an anniversary set yeah all three parts re- redone remastered mass effect one two and three because on the back of that there's a rumor popping up that they're looking to do that for the knights of the old republic oh god please don't give me hope <laughs> <laughs> Oh, please, no. Now, if they did that with Knights of the Old Republic, you could easily do a Shadows of the Empire-style media campaign using Knights of the Old Republic. And what you could also do then is, even though it would take time, and they should have, they probably wouldn't have announced it, you know, and just drop it on where, you know, they could have done an animated, you know, a small, say, six-part animated series, Knights of the Old Republic. You know, you've got your soundtracks. Well, you've already got your soundtracks because... I would be over the moon to have another assassin droid calling me a meat bag. Meat bag, yeah. <laughs> yes, I get that occasionally when I play Tor, by the way, because I still do occasionally drop into the the Old Republic MMO. I, I was uh, just wanting to, to, to reference, because you said the uh, High Republic isn't really pulling it for you, and no. I feel the same, especially with the old republic this mmo and i always thought it is maybe because it's mainly a multiplayer game and multiplayers aren't my cup of tea but um i think it's also because it feels empty it does because there's not a lot of men the the when i was when i was playing it actively when i was subscribing to it because it's free to play now Mm -hmm. um and the way the game works with the that model especially is you can install it, create an account, and you can play. You don't get access to everything, of course. You know, a lot of it's done through um, what's called cartel coins. You know, you can purchase like coin bag yeah. to do things within. But you know, I've got and I had a couple of active characters. I've still got an active bounty hunter on there. Um, but what it lets you do is you can play it solo and not have to worry about the interaction. So you can play the whole story as a solo sort of old republic. It just uses an MMO engine, which is slightly better than the the old Republic Mass Effect style game engine. You know that that was there. Oh, but, but that. To, to be fair, that game didn't live or die on the engine. That lived solely on the story that was yeah. behind it, and that you can't recreate that in a multiplayer no. game. It's just they, they try. They did. They were successful initially, but I think. The problem with it, especially with Bioware, was they promised so much. And some of the stuff they promised, they delivered, which is on every single character in the MMO is voiced. Every so every single quest giver, every single interaction inside the quests, even your character is voiced. Which at the time when they came out, because you know we're talking about um, you know things that aren't canon, Knights, the Old Republic and even Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic Two aren't canon. 
yeah. they're, they're classed as part of the legend. Even though Revan has appeared in Clone Wars, there's a reference to Revan, um, which is interesting. Um, so, but you know, they did, and it was very expensive at the time for them to do this. It was probably the most expensive MMO done, you know, because if you look at things like Warcraft at the time, you know, Warcraft was the monster. Warcraft it, is, yeah, and it is still, still it is. is. The the thing that drove me off was uh, after initially having some fun in it, the the basic. Uh, the other players aren't staying in character whilst moving from A to B and jump around like yeah. little re bunny rabbits and <laughs> uh, that that takes yeah. me completely off the immersion and that's why I left that game after a few sessions and said no have fun with it I'd like to have back please Star Wars Galaxies <laughs> well even even Galaxies had its Issues, shall we say, didn't they? At one point, with the um, the introduction of the Jedi Knight, properly as a class, I think was yeah. But that that again is a thing you can uh, appoint to the players. Everybody wanting to be a Jedi, well, yeah. then play a Jedi single player game. If you want to play a multiplayer game, you need to be well, basically. You, sh you shouldn't be allowed to choose your class. There should yeah. be something appointing it to you. Otherwise, you're not getting that balance anyway. That's why I picked a bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> when I played Tor. But, you know, or, I mean... Or it... simply restrict certain classes for, let's say, high-level characters who have played X amount mm -hmm. of time. But not giving everybody access to the high and mighty at day one. That doesn't work. No, no, it doesn't. Um, but you know, so there there is that rumor, as I was saying, that that they are maybe, possibly, people are hoping that we may get a remastered version of Tor coming. You know, well, not Tor, sorry, yeah, Koto. Uh, um, but then, if Lucas, if Disney wanted to, you know, to shall we say, get good favor with the fans. After, especially after the past couple of weeks, and we won't cover that because we're not going to cover that here. Yeah, we just would. just to stay on the subject of, of computer games, yeah. just go look at what EA did in the last years to oh, the yes. Star Wars franchise. <laughs> well, yeah, that's so bad that if Disney actually wanted to apologize in any way, shape, or form, a re-release of Kotor with a addendum of Shadows of the Empire, people would gobble that up immediately. Oh, yeah. Be because you know Koto has a soundtrack. They could even nick bits of the soundtrack from Tor, and Tor's got a really nice soundtrack. I've you know because uh, when you got the because I got a collector's edition of um, of sorts of Knights of the Old Republic, and you got the soundtrack with it. Um, but they also released the soundtrack separately, you know, a different snippets. And when you listen to it, it is very Star Wars. You know, it is very much of that. You know. That, that it's got that DNA running through it, so so you know you've got a ready-made, you've got a ready-made soundtrack, you've got a a ready-made video game, you've also got. And as far as I understand it, for the uh, re-release of uh, this other game, which names escape me now again. Um... Oh, Ayakoto. Uh, no, the the oh, one... Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Uh, they didn't change the engine too much so it no. wouldn't be too hard to adjust simply textures 
it is. It's, it's, it's a graphical. It's a graphical change. Plus, I think they're fixing, or they are putting in all of the DLC that was released. They're also not so much fixing the ending, but adding in that additional ending. The the end can't be fixed. Yeah, well, yeah, what I what I mean was is that they're actually making it with that proper ending that they had that they ended up re sort of shoving in, you know. Yeah, they're actually putting that in, and they're they're also changing some of the camera angles on some of the cutscenes and stuff because people, you know, there's the. Let's just put it this way: the internet is bloody or is a horrible place to be. <laughs> yeah, for everybody who's scratching their heads now. As far as I understand it, the first edition um, of Mass Effect had some weird camera issues where it would focus on the bum of a female lead character and they have said that they would adjust that in the re-release, which led to a shit show and let's just leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just... Correctness gone crazy. I'm sorry. But it's... Yeah, and there are people saying you, you could use this uh, this vehicle of the, the wrong camera angle pointing at things in within the story because there is a turning point in the story for this character and that would even help the story but yeah they went and burned it all to the ground yeah so yeah I, I, I think we strayed a bit from we have movies you, you know things. it's it's, it's... It's you know, I'm guessing. I think you know what we're we're probably trying to cover is the fact is there is a wealth of non-official Star Wars bits out there that you just need to if you're interested in any, you know, if you're interested in looking beyond what is available through Disney Plus and the movies and even those the official novels that are out there, you know. You can go. I, I wouldn't say those aren't things. official Star Wars. They are just no. simply taken aside and not part of the yeah. storyline going forward. Yeah. But if if you go to in, into a bookstore and look at the uh, secondhand shelves, there is a such a well of of books to be had. If I may make one recommendation, get the X Wing novels. Those are awesome. X-Wing, the X-Wing series by Michael Stace, Stackpole, and yes. additional authors. There's 10 novels in the series. It's and the, I think it's the only, only only place where you can find an Ewok as a pilot. Yes. <laughs> Red Squadron. No. Is it, is, he, is it? Yes, it is a pilot. I'm trying to remember. No, it's yeah, not. He, he is a pilot. He's getting a, a special suit. Yes, because the other pilot in in Rogue Squadron is the Gamorian. As well, yeah. there's a Gamor or that Wraith Squadron. It's 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 a, there's two there's a collection of novels called X Wing. There's there's an additional there's in that in those novels there's another squadron called Wraith Squadron that are like a covert squadron, which is you know which is interesting. Um, and yes, those ten novels are really good. They're really interesting. Um, and they focus on uh, things that are usually not so much Star Wars, so they're not yeah. so much as baddies against goodies, but actually what's the the uh, personal problems some people have and with regards to each other, to each race, and uh, how to keep a diverse group of characters within one squadron 
to fight as one. And yeah. then occasionally, of course, there's the big task at hand, some semi-star destroyer that needs to be taken down or anything. The Lusanki has a super star destroyer, if I remember correctly. Yeah, some 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 weird shit is going on. Some some <laughs> some strange things going on. Yes, um, the other ones I would recommend is, of course, the Heir to the Empire collection of novels. The the novels that shall we say kicked off the resurgence of Star Wars after the the drought of six years. The Timothy Zahn books, mainly because it introduces Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, and also you know, there's the uh, this this. Uh, I don't know if it's called the Book of Fett, the, the collection of short stories. The Bounty Hunter, uh, well, there's the, there's, we, there was a collection of stories, there was a bunch of collection of short stories that they did. One of them was We Only Do Weddings, which was the Moss City Cantina set, and they're just short stories. And one of them, of course, is about Frigger and Dan, which is the Cantina band. And then there's um, the Bounty Hunter collection as well. Yeah, there's one where it's a collection of short stories of all those characters you see in Return of the Jedi at some point in Java's palace yes. or somewhere else, and it's it's so endearing, so tiny little snippets of actual life going on in in that world, not being the major characters, but some poor schmuck getting caught up in anything. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was um sorry, we, we we only do weddings as the short story. So the collection of short story novels they did was Tales of Mostisley Cantina, so it's all yeah. about the little the characters in the background. They did Tales of Jabba's Palace, which is all about the character the incidental characters in the backgrounds. There was a Tales of the Empire, which was about characters within the Empire that we sort of see and don't see. Uh, there was Tales of the New Republic, and then you had Tales of the Bounty Hunters as well, which were the collection of short story anthologies. And they're really good and they're really interesting because it's not the characters that you, you know, you would associate with, you know, having that that sort of on-screen character moment. Yeah, and almost. there's there's also a collection of Lando Carusian mm-hmm. novels, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah, before Lando got his own novel. Which was the recent one that they did? There was Alando Calrissian had two novels, and Han Solo had three novels. And I mean, these are going back. Han Solo at Star's End is probably mid eighties. Han Solo at Star's End by Delray Books was nineteen seventy nine. There was a. German version. This this is one I I had on mind. It uh, was called Rebel of the Solar System. This is a, a rough translation because I'm getting guessing this uh, collection never made it anywhere else, which contained Lando Carusian and the Mind Hub of Sharu, Lando Carusian and the Flame Wind of Ozion and Lando Carusian and the Star Cave of Von Bocca, which are three uh, titles by. Hell Neil Smith from eighty-three. Yeah, they sound like they are were the ones that came out. Yep. Those those three novels were the three novels that was in the, the Lando Calrissian set. Yeah, that's because the one. there's there's a there was 
back in the time, and this would have been '94, they merged them all together in one big volume. Yeah, and the, and it was those, called the Adventures those are the of Lando. That are on my shelf. Yeah, it was called the Adventures of Lando Calrissian, and then you had a merged one as well, which was the Adventures of Han Solo, which were the three Han Solo novels that they yeah. did as well. <laughs> so you know, it's... Th- th- those books are really worth every penny because they were. You remember three books, and in today's money, they were about eight euros. So the cheapest chips. Now he has one for you, and this is one for our listeners. Um, have you heard of Splinters of the Mind's Eye, or Splinter of the Mind's Eye? The name rings a bell, but I can't put it to any use. It was a Star Wars novel. That came out in 1978 by Delray Books. Isn't that the one playing between episode A New Hope and Empire? Yeah. Where uh, there's a <clears throat> romance? Yes. yes, there is a romance between a certain brother and sister. Yeah, I, I've got that one too. Yeah. Um, it came out in 79. Uh, basically, Luke Skywalker and Leo Organa are trapped on the planet Minban. Minban. Uh, where they're seeking a powerful Kyber crystal and the encounter Vera. Yeah, and did you mention who wrote that thing? Uh, just no, but yeah, it's Alan Dean Foster. You may recognize the name. <laughs> so, so it's not a fanfic as you would know it from today. It's no, uh, a very accomplished science fiction author who happened to write the adaption of Alien. And I, I think if if I remember correctly, that thing is. Called in Germany the Son of Skywalker, mm. but I'm not sure. <laughs> it was also turned into a comic book in '95. <laughs> so yes, it was. Um, the what's interesting though is the planet Mimban that they are on is the planet that appears in Solo. You know mm. the the mud planet where they, where he's fighting and he meets Chewbacca and all the other characters that he meets along oh, the way. I, I must correct myself. It's the return of Skywalker. The return of Skywalker. Yeah, so it's Alan Dean Foster, Star Wars, Skywalker's Rückkehr. <laughs> and it's... Yes. it's mm... <laughs> yes, exactly. It's one of those. <laughs> For the time period, it's like, yes, it's a Star Wars novel. It came out in 78. Yay! Oh, and, and then uh, you go and read it and you go, Ooh. yeah, it's uh, a tough sell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, ju- I just seeing the, the initial German release even had a weirder title The, <laughs> the New Adventures of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, Luke has an adventure. <laughs> Yeah, he, he he sure has some sort of awakening when getting to know that uh, yeah, they, she's your sister, mate, <laughs> and you're not from Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no badgers here. No. <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's been a long time since I read that, and I I know when I've read it, I felt very awkward. <laughs> Yeah, I think I need to go get a cold shower now. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't this isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> can can we have please some decency here? <laughs> yeah, it's not a big book, so it's it's a quick read for anyone who has a decent reading speed. It is, yeah. It, it's an interesting uh, sort of look into 
shall we say star wars history because really that's what it is you know it's 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 yeah. star wars history it's before you, you need to keep in mind it's after the first movie had been seen and we didn't know anything else exactly nobody knew who who uh, vader actually was we didn't know that there were siblings and even how the force works was more or less <laughs> well we still don't to your own imagination <laughs> Uh, you know, we still don't know how the force works, do we? <laughs> as long well, as people don't have not small little people living in your bloodstreams. Exactly, it's it's not that M count thing that we we keep hearing things about. Um, I I, but, I know, feel it's... if Disney could remedy anything from the prequels, it has it would have to be either Jar Jar Binks or this bloody Midichlorian things. Oh bloody! I'm not Can't sure about Jar Jar, actually. I'm really not sure because Ahmed Best went through hell with the character and people are... what? What's the word? Uh, shall we say the prequels are holding, even with Jar Jar, a lot of warmth in people's hearts, I think, you know, with... with you know, the, I the still seats. think the character of Jar Jar Bings needs to be strangled slowly. <laughs> <laughs> but as we've covered this in the past, Tim, you know, that that... that they weren't written for us. us yes, they you. weren't written for us, but that doesn't stop me from not liking that character. Yeah, <laughs> very true. You know, but he, and, but and he has paid it really maybe a it, lot. It wouldn't have been so bad if the uh, the way the character speaks wouldn't be so annoying. And for, what it makes really worse is they actually translated the the American English very well to a proper German way of speaking and making it sound exactly as stupid as in the original. <laughs> so, oh. in, in other movies, not only Star Wars, they managed to um, remedy things and, and make movies actually better. And I'm struggling to remember there was a movie by uh, uh, not Michael J. Fox, damn you, um, Eddie Murphy, which got horrible critiques uh, when released in English talk countries and was highly acclaimed in Germany. And years later, we've learned that was simply because the uh, dialogues in German were so much better than the originals. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a thing you can do with translation. You don't need to go literal. And if there's a character called Jar Jar Binks, simply mute him. <laughs> simply mute him, yes. Make him use sign uh, language or something. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, we we've sort of digressed. But yes, if if anybody is interested, there is a wealth of non-official, shall we say, well, non-canon because that's yeah. how they they denote it. Non-canon Star Wars out there. If you want, if you do go diving deep enough, you will find. And you I would, think you, you it, will find it for every new. Uh, fan of Star Wars who has jumped in on Star Wars, let's say the last 20 years when the prequels were around and has never been to the cinema with the original movies go grab copies of Ewoks or Clone Wars the original series, just peek into it and, and see how weird Star Wars can be and how strange some people's ideas behind it get yeah, definitely. So, um, I think we uh, cut at this point. 
<laughs> before we get on a complete rant on uh, novels and maybe even video games, I, I wish you wouldn't have told me about this rumor about Koto, <laughs> to be honest. Well, I, if, you if were that's... eventually going to find out about it, you know, I mean, I wasn't going to... Yeah, possible, but I wish no. I would have found out the moment they released the bloody damn thing, and <laughs> I, I think at that moment I would have uh, I would have taken an axe to my internet connection and simply cut <laughs> off everything because, oh, I can't have that. That will ruin my social life forever. <laughs> it's one of those games you can play for hours and yeah. hours. So, Definitely. Uh, yeah, this has been an interesting hour. An interesting hour. Ralph, I thank you for being here. And uh, it's a pleasure. We will think of a title for the next episode because currently there is not very much going on that's worth talking about. But maybe, just maybe, some things will come around in the coming weeks. Until then, I'm Tim. Stay safe and uh, remain indoors.